0: Hi everyone, I've been hearing some really outrageous dating stories from you, but today's winner is Goldie Adler and she delivered it so well that I don't want to ruin it. So I'm going to have her share it with you firsthand right after today's clip. So I want you to pull out your imagination and picture yourself engaged. We all know that the day we get engaged we will be the most grateful, happiest people in the universe. You know, like the classic Kala who can't stop thinking Hashem and talks non-stop about the Ashkacha Pratis and the Chesed of Hashem and how amazing everything is. It's all sunshine and roses and bar Hashem and Hashem is so good to me. Now, if you were to compare this grateful Kala to her own self of, let's say, a year before, and it's the day after she got a no from the shachan. Do you think that she would be feeling that same level of recognition of Hashem's Khasad and how her life is so wonderful? Now fast forward a year later, now that she's engaged, and take the same event of the previous year, of the boy saying no. Is she now viewing that no with a sense of akar tov to Hashem for orchestrating her life so wonderfully? So listen to this. It says, Hakoi es mafreya lo Yatza. Someone who reads the Megillah retroactively doesn't fulfill the mitzvah. So Balmach Biederman quotes the Bal Tov, who explains it like this Someone who reads the Megillah and he praises Hashem for the miracles that he did for us in the past, but he doesn't recognize that Hashem is also doing miracles right now, didn't properly fulfill the mitzvah of reading Megillah's Esther. Why not? Because it means that he didn't get the point. If you look at the whole Perm story, it seems like a bunch of unrelated events. And to the average person, it didn't necessarily seem like a whole coordinated plan. Like Vashti getting killed, Bixen and Sarash, like totally separate stories. But looking back at all these bits and pieces, we're able to see the whole puzzle like pieced together all perfectly. So the message here is that right now, the same thing is happening. Hashem is always preparing miracles for us, and everything that's happening is part of his master plan. The Chassam Sofa writes that a lot of things happen in this world, and we wonder, like, why is Hashem doing this? But years later, we look back, and we understand that everything had a purpose. Even things that seemed insignificant, we discover years later that something very good came from it. It says in Shemot, You'll see my back. It's Hashem talking to Moshe, by the way. But you won't see my face. We only understand Hashem's ways retroactively, when we look back. Then we see how everything was really chassad. But while it's happening, we don't always understand why Hashem is doing it. So here's the thing. It's very easy to praise Hashem when all the pieces fall into place. But you know what our job is? Our job is to believe in Hashem even before the puzzle is completed. So that's why, if you only recognize Hashem when you look back at your life and see how everything was for the good, that's not good enough. That's easy. The goal is to recognize and to praise Hashem even during the hard times while we're still in the middle of Shaddachim and we have no idea where or when or how things will work out because we believe without a doubt that Hashem is arranging our lives perfectly. And now here comes the star of the show, Goldie Adler.
1: Okay, dating story. Um, about 10 years ago, I was in my low 20s and I was dating a guy and he didn't want to meet anybody on the date. So he brought me to a hotel in Red Bank where it costs $20 just to walk into the lounge. So no one really goes there on dates. So the only Jews in the entire hotel basically were me and the guy and then this other married couple who, like, we disregarded them. They just were doing their own thing, minding their own business. Fine. We had our date. It was over. It was one of those really cold nights where the windows get fogged up. And we came to our car, and someone had taken their finger and written, Mazel talk congratulations, balloons, this, that. It was really, like, all decorated with the, like, in the frost. So he looks at me, and he's like, oh, that was your friend? I'm like, no, was he your friend? And we figured out, and none, none of us knew who that couple was. So the whole way home, you know, he was, like, arguing with me. Not arguing, but, like you know, how does that guy know who we are? Maybe it's a person that knew you. I'm like, no, he probably knew you more than me. Like, it's probably, like, we we don't really know what to say. So we ended stalemate. The date went nowhere. Either way, both of us were saying no. Um, That was the end of that story. And then two days later, I'm in Lakewood, and I see this random lady searching for her cell phone in her car, and she asked to borrow my cell phone to find her cell phone. And I look at her, and I'm like, really weird question. Were you in Red Bank Hotel, like, two nights ago? She says, yeah, and you were the engaged couple? I'm like, we weren't the engaged couple. So she "So basically, we don't know if the reason that they decorated our car was because they saw my ring, which from far might look like a diamond ring because it has four teeny diamonds in one square, and they, they, they based it off the fact that my ring looks like a diamond ring, or because I was wearing a ring on my left hand. And usually, I know most girls only wear a ring on their right hand, not on their left hand. I don't know. I never knew these type of rules but from then on i learned the rule to only wear one ring on my right hand only and i told the lady i said you know maybe in the future you want to confirm the engagement before you before you decorate people's cards because like it's not so comfortable it was like a second d and whatever and the guy really had a hard time with it and yeah that's my story